We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by Fantasy Draft. Use the promo code ROTOWIN for a 100% deposit bonus over at FantasyDraft.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Thursday GPP ownership percentages for NFL action and the Saturday NBA DFS slate. You can find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Benny, what's going on, my man? And not too much. Not uh, not really a good day in the DFS world. The uh, judge just came down and and issued, well, didn't issue the injunction in favor of uh, FanDuel and DraftKings. So, you know, that's that's definitely not ideal. Mm-hmm. But you know, we are a DFS podcast here, so I figured it was uh, you know, worth mentioning for anybody who didn't hear. I'm sure you're going to hear and see quite a few uh, you know, articles and people talking about it. Uh, you know coming up in the next couple of days so you know we'll see what happens see how it all plays out yeah i mean on the upside of this if you, we can just be you know people who try to spin things positively you know so this is really like almost round one of a long battle that's going to you know be fought in court for quite some time they're going to immediately appeal obviously um and and take this to a higher court and some of the preliminary stuff that we were reading actually yesterday about you know lawmakers being open to the possibility of passing DFS friendly legislation sort of like you know what looked to be like a good thing in, in in favor of you know things happening positively down the road but we all know that this is something that we really can't uh, count on one way or the other so what we're going to do is continue to do the best thing we do know how to do which is um, 
march forward so let's go ahead and get into this uh slate here for uh thursday NFP, nfl gpp ownership percentages uh, I want to let you quickly know that the Rotowire DFS podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so. And don't forget to share and subscribe. All right, let's go ahead and talk about uh, the Arizona and the Minnesota Vikings, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, David Johnson popped up 33.3% owned on Thursday Night Football. So he was a popular play, as expected. Carson Palmer, another um uh, big time ownership guy, 18.4% owned. Fitz was 14.4, AP 12%, and then you have John Brown and Michael Floyd down at 8.6 for uh, four. So we'll um, try to adjust those numbers forward for those people who didn't take advantage of uh, David Johnson on the uh, or and company on the Thursday lock. And we'll talk about the quarterback pos- position here, which is pretty interesting. That um, given the numbers that we have, Benny, that it looks like almost every quarterback that you want for a GPP is in play. Do you, you sort of feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, there's nobody that's that was higher than 10% on the Thursday lock game. So whoever your favorite quarterback is, you don't have to worry about, should I fade this guy? He's going to be too highly owned or, you know, I can't use this guy if everybody else is using him. There's really none of that. So whoever you like the best, I think everybody is basically in play this weekend. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So that's the main thing you need to take away here. Now, for cash games, how do you end up um, sort of taking the approach as to who you want to set um, or anchor your team with um, in terms of your your 50-50s and your double-ups, your head-to-head leagues? Yeah, I have actually been looking, um, you know, on various sites at guys like Russell Wilson going up against that, you know, horrible Baltimore pass defense. I think he's in a good spot. Uh, Jameis Winston, <laughs> excuse me. One of the things that I don't think people realize about Winston is he's more of a cash game play than a GPP play for me because other than that five touchdown game he has, we really haven't seen him have obnoxious kind of upside on a consistent basis where he's putting up 30, 40 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. But he's still pretty much cheap everywhere. And if you look at his production, especially, you know, DraftKings, especially where I was looking the other day. He's given you like 15 to 20 fantasy points every game, which doesn't seem like a lot. But if you're getting a guy at 5K or 52, 53, 54, which is the price range that he's kind of been in over these last couple of weeks, that's basically four times value on it. So getting a quarterback who's going to go four times puts you on pace to have a roster that scores 200. And, you know, except for that one week where like 190 was the cash line, that's basically going to get it done for you every week in your tournaments and in your, you know, your 50-50s and your double-ups and all that stuff. So he's been about as solid a cash game option as you can have over there. And those are actually the two highest-owned quarterbacks. Wilson's at 10. Uh, Winston's at 9.6. You got Bortles at 9.4 going up against Indy, who hasn't been very good. The thing I really like about him, too, is he gets Alan Hearns back this week as well. And we know that wide receivers, too, uh, wide receiver twos has been the way that we like to attack that indie defense. So I also like Bortles in there, but I think he's more of a more of a tournament play. Um, Cam Newton up there towards the top, another guy who has just been so good this year, um, gets a lot of it done with his legs as well as his arms. The guy who I really like as a GPP play is going to be Ben Roethlisberger. And he's only 6.7% owned. And here's the deal. Like, everybody knows that Pittsburgh's been very, very good lately. Their passing game has been phenomenal. But a lot of people are scared away by that Cincinnati defense. My problem with the Cincinnati defense this week is you got Leon Hall banged up on one side and Pac-Man Jones banged up on the other side. So if you're missing one or both of those top corners that they have, 
they're going to have a lot of trouble because Antonio Brown and Martavius Bryant are arguably the best duo of wide receivers that we have in the league. And not only are they the best duo, but you have a quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger who can get them the ball. So when you have two stud wide receivers going up against maybe backup corners with a stud quarterback in the backfield, I think that Roethlisberger at only 6.7% is, is way under owned. And I like the fact that people are kind of sleeping on him because they're looking at the numbers and saying, oh, since he passed defense, bad matchup. But you got to look a little deeper into it. If you see that these cornerbacks aren't going to be in there, it makes it a much better spot for Roethlisberger. So he's somebody who I love for tournaments this week. Yeah, I feel the same way for you uh, as well. But I'm gonna actually take it a step further and say I'm I think uh, Roethlisberger is cash safe and GPP eligible in, in my mind. Yeah, Cincinnati is a tougher grade defense, but right now I think we're talking about Pittsburgh as the number one offense in football right now. They're but basically, um, you know, getting it done in all phases. D'Angelo Williams has uh, had a, a ridiculously efficient game against the Indianapolis Colts, and uh, at for at a sixteen hundred dollar price tag on DraftKings, very affordable. Uh, you know, versus you know. Tom Brady at 7,800 and Cam Newton for 75, who are also, you know, decent options, but at the price discount with the passing volume that he's been coming up with, I really like that spot there as well. Um, so to me, I'm comfortable with Cam as a cash play, Ben Roethlisberger as a cash play, Russell Wilson at 6,300, who's the cheapest of the bunch. And, uh, you know, probably less so for Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady at the, at that elevated price is probably more in GPP territory for, for me as well. Um, now sliding down the, the list here. Mm-hmm. Um, any other quarterbacks you want to make a case for uh, before we head over to the running back position? I don't hate Tyrod Taylor, but I don't know if I love him. He would be mostly just a, a tournament play for me. The other guy who I'm actually looking at in cash, and you tell me if I'm being a homer here or not, but I like Ryan Fitzpatrick again. Uh, he's a little bit cheaper on a lot of the sites. Going up against that Tennessee defense, Tennessee is very good against the run. The way you can get at him, though, is through the pass. And with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker on the outside, he has two very good receivers that he can go to. Plus, um, Bilal Powell has been getting a lot more time now that he's healthy for the Jets, which kind of hurts Chris Ivory. But the thing that Powell brings that Ivory doesn't is Powell can catch passes out of the backfield. You know, he can be a guy who you know, Fitz can use as a dump-down guy, especially because the Jets don't really use a tight end. So I kind of like Fitz in this situation. Um, probably going to have a couple shares of him. I think he's – see, I, I know people talk about him as a GPP play, but I don't really see the kind of upside where he's going to get you three or four touchdowns. Um, I think he's more of a cash game play for me. All right, f- uh, fair enough. The way I'm looking at this here is um, I'm okay with Ryan Fitzpatrick to play. I don't think it's a – like a a top notch play, but he he'll be low owned for GPPs if you want to if you want to roll with him in that spot. For me, the way I, I I'm actually um sort of looking at this here is um, Blake Bortles to, uh, for six K against that Indianapolis D that got torched up is in a really good spot and probably you know you're gonna I'll be actually just surprised that he was just like 9.4% on. So I think he's actually going to get into like the the 12 to 15% range when, when it's all said and done uh, for, for the weekend. But that's still fine for me um, as as far as like, you know, taking a risk with the, with what you want to do in, in GPPs. Now, this might sound a little bit crazy too, but Drew Brees here with 
no Mark Ingram now. It might just have to go into full full on like fifty plus passing attempts mode overall, and he's sixty eight hundred, and which isn't a, a terribly great discount when you have Ben Roethlisberger uh, priced up the same way and Russell Wilson at, at sixty three. Uh, but people ha- I think have lost probably a significant amount of faith in his ability to be fairly consistent. And now that that offense is one dimensional, that may concern them a little bit. But if you look at the Tampa Bay defensive numbers, they've always been bad. You know, so twenty ninth in pass coverage. Uh, for the season and, you know, taking a look at them overall, 31st, um, you know, sorry, 31st in pass coverage and 31st in overall defense. So you can do, you can definitely throw on them and make a lot of hay. So I'll probably have some shares of Drew Brees, uh, as well going into, uh, the Sunday matchups. All right. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the running back position here. Thomas Rawls, no surprise here. Still very cheap. Uh, still very honorable. Good matchup against Baltimore in that banked up defense. Key comes up at 21.6% on. Expect that to be closer to, you know, 23, 24, 25 when it's all said and done. Shady McCoy has still not gotten the proper price adjustment on, on, on DraftKings in my mind. And he, no surprise he's up at 17.4. Then you have Doug Martin at 15.6. Sean Drone against Cleveland. Uh, which is a good matchup there. People are are finally getting on on the bandwagon. Bandwagon thirteen point one percent. And then Lamar Miller at at ten point seven. How do you have this breaking down for your lineups? Yeah, I think people are getting very smart, um, especially at the running back position this week because I'm trying to look for some of these low owned guys that might be a, a tournament play for me, and I really don't see any that I'm really loving. A lot of the guys who I like are. The cash game and, and basically the tournament options I'm going to be using up towards the top there. Like Thomas Rawls a lot. Um, understand the case everybody's trying to make for McCoy, although I don't love him as much as everybody else does. I like him. I don't want people to think I don't like him or don't think you should use him. But, you know, the revenge narrative to me is not enough of a reason to use a guy. That um Philly front seven is actually pretty stout. The way people have been attacking Philly has been through the air. So that's why I'm a little higher on, like, Tyrod and Watkins this week than I am on McCoy. But I still think McCoy is very good. I'm not trying to say he won't have a good game. I just don't think he's a tournament play. For me, he's more of a cash game option than I'd be looking at. I was a big fan of Sean Drone. I think that he's basically getting all the carries in San Francisco. He's not explosive. He doesn't have huge upside. But the guy's going to get you 20 touches. He catches passes out of the backfield. He gets four or five passes every week. So on PPR sites, he's even better. On half PPR sites, he's still a solid option. I think he gets in the end zone. He plays a a bad Cleveland run defense. So I think the matchup's pretty good for him there. Doug Martin against New Orleans. I know everybody's talking about Jameis and the wide receivers and all that. But New Orleans is just as bad against the run as they are against the pass. Um, my biggest problem with Doug Martin, and it's always been the problem that I mentioned, is he doesn't get in the end zone enough for me. You know, he has these games with 160 yards rushing, 180 yards rushing, and no touchdowns. And you're like, you're running that much, you're getting that many yards. Like, you know, I, I guess they just don't like him in the red zone. Um, I've seen that he's been taken out in the red zone a little bit. I've seen them throw it a little bit in the red zone. Um, so that's my only drawback with a guy like Doug Martin. Uh, Lamar Miller, I hear people talking about, but I do think that the way to attack, they play the Giants this week. I think the way to attack the Giants is usually more through the air, so I'm not really loving Lamar Miller. Um, D'Angelo Williams, you know, Cincinnati is a tough defense. I think they're going to be going to the air as well, so I don't know if that's the greatest option there. Jonathan Stewart, I kind of like a little bit. TJ Yeldon, I kind of like a little bit. And then honestly, I don't like anybody below those two guys. So Yeldon and Stewart at 8 and 7% are probably the lowest that I'd go down on the ownership scale. Not on Gurley, not really on Forte, 
definitely not on Ivory. Uh, you know, West and Ware are splitting carries. Uh, Allen is going up against the Seattle defense that shut down Adrian Peterson. You know, James White, do you really want to play Russian roulette with the Patriots backfield? You know, Devonta Freeman hasn't been the same guy lately. I refuse to play Eddie Lacy. Um, you know, Frank Gore doesn't show me enough upside. Maybe Ronnie Hillman and CJ Spiller is out. Uh, sorry, CJ Anderson is out. And then, like, even that situation with, like, CJ Spiller and Tim Hightower, I don't really know where to go with that situation. So, you know, for me, I am kind of going to be staying up towards that top end with those high owned guys. Probably have to look for wide receiver or tight end or maybe a quarterback to find some, you know, low ownership differentiation this week. Because I think all the guys that you really want are the guys that everybody's kind of on. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with you there as well. It, it becomes a, a little bit tough, but I have, I, I do feel like out of this group, you know, TJ Yeldon is one of the, uh, the better plays that we can come up with. I do like Sean Drone too as well. Everybody has torched Cleveland. Um, you know, on the ground, so that that should be no surprise uh, for me as well. I don't mind anybody who wants to have a couple shares with Tim Hightower. I think it it, it definitely makes sense uh, from my perspective when you know that CJ Spiller, uh, CJ Spiller, I have I'll have no shares of. By the way, I'm just telling you right now. I know. Yeah, he's, he's, I, I won't either. Yeah, I know he's min priced, and you know there's supposed to be some increased opportunity for him overall. But because the, you know they're they're going to have to probably more than likely throw so often, and given the fact that, um. Uh, CJ Spiller has been held down to like, you know, single digit snaps because of his bad pass protection issues. I don't think he's going to solve his pass protection issues anytime between now and, and Sunday to, to sort of make him, uh, get, start getting work in the, in the lineup. So uh, that's my concern with him overall. So I'll be fading him and I don't, I'm fine with anybody who wants to take a, a, a flyer on Hightower, uh, for, for their GPPs. Definitely not cash eligible, but, um, somebody that you should, probably take a look at it um, over at some point. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the wide receiver position here. Odo Beckham and Allen Robinson both tied at 20.9% and with good reason. And we have Sammy Watkins, believe it or not, popping up at 19.9%. A little bit surprising to me, but he has been running super hot um, as, as of late. Speaking of running super hot, Doug Baldwin at 17.4%. You know, is Jerry Rice part deux all of a sudden uh, making a lot of hay. And then we got Antonio Brown at 15.7 and Marshall at 13.9 and Mike Evans and Martavis Bryant at 13.1 among others. How do you um, end up separating this group for your cash and GPPs? Yeah, for me, the number one guy I'm going to be targeting is going to be Antonio Brown. So he's a little bit less owned than Beckham and Robinson and Watkins and Baldwin. Um, Brown is definitely somebody I'm going to have on a lot of my rosters. I also really like Mike Evans this week. Um, Evans has the best matchup overall cornerback wide receiver, according to pro football focus. Um, and we know that, you know, he's going up against, I think he's got Brandon Browner this week, who has basically been printing money for me all season playing wide receivers against him. So I do like, uh, Evans in that matchup. Um, I like Martavius too, but I can't use him and Brown in the same lineup, even though it worked last week. I just think that that's kind of playing with fire a little bit. I like AJ Green on the other side of that game too. People aren't really talking about him as much. I think it's going to turn into a shootout. I know Eifert might be back, which maybe is why people were off him, but Green had a great game last week, and the Steelers don't really have an amazing secondary. So I do think that Green can find some room to operate there. Uh, Alshon in a bounce-back game this week is still a little bit cheap. He just gets so many targets that you got to consider him, and especially now with you know Marcus Wilson is probably out, and they also just lost Bennett for the year. 
So you're going to have like Zach Miller in there. Eddie Royal might be back. But I think Alshon's going to be the one who gets the most work through the air. So I do like him as well. And Danny Amendola at 6% is just way too under-owned for me. So he's somebody I'm going to have a lot of shares of. And then there's a couple interesting guys that are that are down at that you know cheap level too, or, or the low ownership level. Six uh, percent on DeAndre Hopkins. I like Marshall and Decker, but you're getting you know twenty. What do you got? Fifteen percent on Marshall, five percent on Decker. Same thing with uh, Alan Hearns. Wide receiver twos against Indianapolis is something we usually like to target. You're getting Hearns at five percent, whereas Allen Robinson is twenty one percent off of his big game this week. And remember, his big game was because Hearns wasn't in there. He was the only wide receiver. So I do think that it's a pretty good spot for Hearns as well. So that kind of you know wraps up a lot of the guys that I'm looking at. You know, you can take some low owned flyers on guys like Calvin Johnson and Demarius Thomas, who are five percent or below, if you want. Uh, Devontae Parker, I think Rashard Matthews is probably out again. So Parker could be an interesting option at 4%. Um, that's about it for the low end for me. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with you there as well. Now, the way I, I, I'm looking at this here um, with the, some of the options that you have available is you sort of have to do what you did last week, which which is um, so I'm fading the, the majority of the top running back options that are high priced, going with my value options because they, we, we can identify a number of them that we just talked about. Um, in good spots and then you can sort of try to get pair two together like I think I can get Antonio Brown at 8900 on DK and Brandon Marshall in the same lineup at 7600 that's like enough of a of, of a cheap enough of, of a play or you can do, do something like Alshon Jeffrey and um, you know Allen Robinson at 8k you know so like mm-hmm. two of these top options um, that you can that you can both sort of squeeze together so that's going to be my strategy uh, overall with uh, my t- my two guys is like you really need to f- know wh- what you're going to be doing in terms of roster construction at the running back position and we, like we said w- you know we can make a case for the Sean Drones the TJ Yeldon's uh, you know I- even if uh, uh, if you f- feel um, like gambling enough with the time share split with Chuck Hendrick West who has an elite matchup this week against San Diego who's as bad as anybody in the league in terms of defense you can mix and match some of these guys into your lineup there and then you can go and try to pair a you know two top 12 options at wide receiver into your lineup so that's going to be my specific strategy uh, any other wide receivers that we need to talk about in terms of home run play situations uh, before we move forward I mean if you're talking home run plays you always got to look at the guys like uh you know, like Deshaun Jackson. Um, I like Nate Washington this week some... for a super cheap, by the way, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, so, you know, some of those guys that can that can go deep. Another guy I wanted to talk about, too, and I don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but San Diego right now has Inman is hurt and Stevie Johnson is hurt, and there's talk that both of those guys might be out this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even sure. I guess Malcolm Floyd would be the only healthy wide receiver that they have left. Then I think they just picked up Vincent Brown, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know if I would use Brown. I think that's a little bit too, you know, out there for me. But, you know, if if you're losing those other guys, I could could see Malcolm Floyd getting 7 to 10 targets this week at a really cheap price. So he might not be a bad guy to take a flyer on either. Yeah, I could see that there uh, uh, as well. Um, Marcus Peters is at... Uh, up and coming quarter, cornerback, but he, you know, not anything that you like necessarily have to go out of your way to fade. In, in my mind, mm-hmm. so somebody else that you should sort of, you know, keep on your radar and see if that's something you can take advantage of. All right, tight end position here now, Benny. We're talking Antonio Gates. Um, 
uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, Ben Watson, um, uh, you know, are all like middle tier guys that I've considered. Uh, but it's Greg Rolson, Delaney Walker, and um, ASJ as the three guys who, who reached double digits for the Thursday GPPs. How do you um, plan on executing your strategy for tight end? Yeah, I think Olsen on most sites is getting a little a little rich for my blood. I don't expect I don't expect them to have to throw the ball a ton in this game. So I like him. He's the most targeted tight end in the league. He's one of the you know best pass catching tight ends we have. But I don't think I love him for fantasy this week. I think I would probably go a little more towards Delaney Walker. Uh, Walker has been actually the best tight end over the last three weeks, putting up like close to twenty fantasy points as an average. Um, you know, making catches, getting touchdowns, picking up yards. He's basically the number one pass catching option in that Tennessee, um, you know, you know, pass catching core. And they also have Kendall Wright banged up again this week. So Kendall Wright is normally their slot guy. If Kendall Wright can't make some of those plays over the middle, Walker's going to wind up being that guy who goes over the middle and has to make some plays. You know, maybe again, maybe I'm being a little biased, but I think my Jets are going to have a lead in this game. So I do think Tennessee is going to have to pass. And when Tennessee passes, like I said, Walker is the most targeted pass catcher that they have. So up at the top end, I, I think he's probably the guy I'm looking at. I did like ASJ. I did have him on one or two of my Thursday uh, lock rosters. But I think 10% is a little highly owned. Like I was using him because I thought that he was going to slide under the radar and people were going to kind of forget about him. And, you know, he only had, I think he had like six targets last week. He didn't play a ton of the snaps, though. They're expecting him to play more snaps this week. But I still don't think he's going to get back to playing the full game. Does have a good matchup against the Saints, but normally you just attack the Saints on the outside with your wide receivers. And with guys like Evans and Bjax, it's not like Tampa Bay can't do that. And I do also like Doug Martin in this game, so I think Martin's going to have a decent game on the ground. So to me, there's only so many plays that they're going to be able to run, and that's a lot of mouths that we're talking about to feed. So... I don't really know if I like uh, like Jenkins in this spot. I do like Antonio Gates at 5%. I feel like people are sleeping on him. We talked about the fact that San Diego is quickly running out of people who can catch passes. So I think that there's going to be a lot of two tight end sets with Gates and Green. I think Gates will have a pretty good game. I actually think Green might have a decent game as well. And then uh, the only other guy who I'm kind of looking at with Martellus Bennett now out for the season, um, you can get... Uh, who am I thinking of? Zach Miller here, who is only about like 1% or 2% owned in spots, and I think that he could have a pretty decent game this weekend. So he would be the only other guy that I'm really looking at here. All right, fair enough. Now, the, uh, the way I have this breaking out for me, too, is um, this might sound like like a little bit of um, you know standard practice, or maybe it's 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 chalky. What according to the Thursday GPP report, it's not chalky. Scott Chandler at three point eight percent is just makes too much sense versus for the volume that he's going to get. We know that Gronk has been limited and is pro- probably likely to miss this game again. I, for for what you have to pay for him on D, DK, I think I'm just going to have like almost overexposure to, to to this overall. I'm going to have a fair share of Gates too as well because he's the guy that you know the only guy. It's basically definitely the last man standing. Him and Danny Woodhead. So I mm. um and it, but it is a tough matchup in terms of defense there as well. So um but I will definitely get some squeeze some shares um of Dan, Danny Woodhead into my lap along with uh. Uh, what do you call it, um, Antonio Gates? Because there really isn't much else to speak of in terms of you know guys that you can trust. 
uh, in in the passing game, and we know that uh, San Diego has a bad defense, so it's going to be like auto throw in the second half for Philip Rivers. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you know how you can sort of like play Madden and filter out all the all the plays that you don't want to see, right? Um, <laughs> you can just take do that and take all the running plays out of the out of the playbook yeah. for for San Diego. So that's going to be my um, yeah. sort of play there. So I'm going to be focusing on those two guys, mostly Gates. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. Greg Olson has gotten into just. Um, you know, cost prohibitive territory with at um, 6,900 on DK. Good matchup has been productive, but so has Scott Chandler for uh, over 3K less. You know, so I just really can't justify paying off that price tag for like about the same production or, you know, very close to. All right. Um, that's going to wrap it up for the tight end position here. Now let's go ahead and wrap up uh, the ownership percentages for defense. We're going to skip right over kicker. You guys do what you like at kicker. All right, you guys like uh, Graham Gano at 9.2%? Go ahead. I think he came up with in another good matchup, with the, which was high scoring because he missed an extra point like in season long. He actually got penalized and came up with like three fantasy points for me, which was frustrating. So um, this is why we're going to just um, say, you know, to each his own at the kicker position. But let's talk about defense here. Seattle um, is the, the lock talk there uh, at 18.4. Chiefs come up at 15.1. Then we have the Panthers, Broncos, and Lions rounding out the top five here uh, for your GPPs uh, at 9, 3.6, and 3.4%. How are you setting up your DFS defense rosters? Yeah, I mean, I basically have the top-owned defenses were the defenses that I talked about in my defense article this week. Um, like the Seahawks going up against Baltimore. Matt Schaub has thrown a pick six in every one of his starts so far, so you always got to like being having seven points added to your score. And uh, the Seahawks were really, really good last week against a better offense, so I, I kind of think that you have to like them. Cash game, they make a lot of sense. Uh, the Chiefs going up against San Diego, who's kind of struggling. You know, we talked about the fact that San Diego's basically hurt all over and can't run the ball, so, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me. The Panthers are the defense that I think I'm going to be using in tournaments since they're half as highly owned as the Seahawks are. Um, Atlanta hasn't looked really good lately, so that's a good matchup. And then uh, the Broncos are in a good spot at home this week as well. The one that I'm looking at here, um, trying to find them on the list, the Packers were the other team that I was kind of looking at. I thought that they would make a sneaky GPP play. But to be honest with you, I mean, I think going, you know, Going kind of chalky at defense is pretty much the situation this week because the Seahawks, the Chiefs, Denver, and um, Seahawks, the Chiefs, Denver, and who am I missing? Oh, and Carolina pretty much stand out as four of the top defenses this week. So the fact that they're the highest on makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not surprised by any of those calls there. I do have a little bit more faith in Marcus Mariota to, to not – get blown up by the Jets defense. I know it's a tough matchup and Jets are at home, but I'm going to probably fade that. I want Denver and I want a good amount of shares. They've come up in a pretty big way. Um, Casey, um, um, I'm definitely fine with uh, there as well. So um, Seattle for 3,500 and Carolina are, are, you know, two of the better grade defenses. I do like Detroit uh, as well, going up against Nick Foles. He's been a a human turnover. Uh, So, you know, you can always – make a case for anybody who's going to provide you the opportunity to get a pick six. So uh, that, that to me uh, makes a lot of sense. I think so we're in a territory where I'm comfortable with Carolina. I'm okay with the Jets. I don't love it so much as, as, as you may. Um, but Denver defense, Kansas City defense, and uh, I, will, I do also want some shares of Detroit against uh, the Nick Foles experience. So that's, that's how I'm going to be spreading out my GPP action there. And then, you know, so 
I think that you're you're going to be sort of like they're sort of in chalk territory with the Seahawks and the Chiefs at fifteen at eighteen point four and fifteen point one. Is that going to prevent you from using them as GPP options, or you, you don't care if you're with the field with those two teams? I mean, I'll probably try to to lean a little more Panthers just to get one that's a little bit lower owned, but. I, I mean, I like the Chiefs and the Seahawks defenses both a lot this week, so I, I don't really want to fade them or go too far away from them because I do think that, you know, in a, in a vacuum without worrying about ownership percentages, they would probably be my top two choices. All right, fair enough. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the NFL GPP ownership percentages for uh, Week 14's action. Uh, so let's go ahead and head over to the Saturday NBA slate now. We've got nine games on tap for Saturday. Uh, we got LA versus Brooklyn, Boston versus Charlotte, Indiana, Detroit. The Lakers were very interesting. Um, they have traveled on the road to Houston. That can get ugly really quick. Uh, Spurs in Atlanta, Pelicans at Chicago, which is also interesting for a number of reasons. Uh, Dallas and Washington, Golden State pops up back, uh, trying to, we'll see if they've been able to extend, uh, their road trip, uh, uh, I'm sorry, their, their winning streak. Friday night in Boston, as you know, we record a day in advance uh, for all of our DFS action for NBA. Um, so we ha- don't actually know if they won the Boston matchup or not. But if not, if it, if they did, that's going to be a tough back-to-back r- road travel game at at Milwaukee if they do win the Boston game. So I'll be interested to see wh- where the Warriors are at in that spot. And then we have the uh, New York Knicks uh, who are completing a um, another rough spot with their road trip there uh, against the Portland Trailblazers. So let's go ahead and start the point guard position here, Benny. What do you got for top cash and GPP? Yeah, I'm not really looking to pay all the way up to the top end, that point guard here. Um, there's a couple guys in the mid-range, a couple guys in the low range that I'm looking at. So basically, Derek Rose going up against New Orleans is somebody who I'm keeping an eye on. He didn't play all that well in the last game, but he had a whole string of games where he was, you know, pretty cash game safe, returning about 5x value. And his price is a little bit cheaper, so he's somebody that I like going up against New Orleans. New Orleans is a team we target point guards against all the time. Point guards have been outperforming against them, so, you know, I think that's a pretty good situation there. I'm also kind of a fan of Daron Williams, who has been playing really well lately. If uh, you take a look at his game logs, it's basically 5x every game with a couple, you know, 6, 7, and 8x games thrown in there. So I think you're getting him at a pretty solid price. Excuse me. He's been in like the 64, 6,500 range and returning like 30, 35 points, you know, 35 or more points every game. So he's another guy that I like. And then after that, I'm kind of going down to the low end. You got a guy like Lou Williams who even though it makes no sense to me as the starting point guard for the L.A. Lakers or, you know, one of the starting guards for the L.A. Lakers right now. And, you know, he's been putting up 5, 6, 7, 8x in his games lately. You know, he's still around 4,500. I don't think his price is going to jump that much. If it stays below 5,000, he's basically been getting you right around 30 fantasy points. So you got to keep him into consideration. And then... Honestly, a guy who I'm going to have on quite a bit is Beverly because point guards, no matter who they throw out there, point guards are doing really well against the Lakers. And I just think Beverly's been underpriced lately. Uh, he's below $5,000. He's been getting you a consistent twenty to 21 to 27 fantasy points in probably about nine straight games, I think, here. So if you're going to get me a guy who's going to get me 21 to 27 fantasy points and do it for less than 5K, he's a solid cash game option at five to six times value. Uh, basically on a nightly basis. So those are kind of the guys that I've been looking at for, um, you know, for Saturday slate at the point guard spot. 
All right, I liked um, most of those calls uh, there as well. Uh, for for me, I'm gonna um, just take a look at Fanduel pricing to see if we can find out some find any other uh, pricing and in, inefficiencies uh, overall uh, on Saturday. Just for reference, so if you see different prices being mentioned between Benny, Benny and I, uh, that's that's what we're talking about and and why it might sound a, a little bit different. Um, Tyreek Evans, once again, I've, we've talked about him I think earlier on in the week, and I'm gonna keep. Uh, sticking with the theme here, uh, on the road at Chicago, we talked about Derrick Rose as a as a guy that you know, you don't have to uh, worry about there. And um, you know the price has gotten um, come down since he was at, hit, hit that peak of about 8K uh, overall. And you take a look at uh, you know defending the point guard position for the Chicago Bulls with uh, Derrick Rose. Sorry about that. Um, bottom 10 for the Chicago Bulls, right in, in the same area as Orlando Magic, Sacramento Kings. Uh, and and the Brooklyn Nets in, in terms of teams that you can sort of target and and uh, use point guards to derive uh, a good amount of fantasy value overall. So I'm going to be uh, calling Tyreek Evans' number. I don't think he's, too many people are going to be necessarily um, thrilled with uh, his price tag because he sort of underperformed. And, you know, it's a little bit different in terms of setup too as well because on Fandle they have him properly listed as a point guard, but I believe on DraftKings he's, he's a shooting guard. So that's going to be... Um, a guy that I, I definitely want to take a look at. I love your call with Patrick Beverly. I'm going to be definitely um, getting my shares uh, of, of him as well. And um, aside from that, I don't I don't know if that we can. I, I've gotten to I'm I'm into like firm fade territory overall with Steph Curry and uh, the, like the price tag payoff uh, overall. Like he, you know him sitting at 10.9 the 11k range for for Fanduel has basically pushed him down to you know under under five x value. Uh, mm-hmm. in terms, so I just think that that's something to note because I think he's still like a pretty popular play, and he's playing all world. So don't get me wrong; it's not a bad play uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But you're just going to have to really know that you're going to feel comfortable about uh, like the the price tag return that you're going to get from him. And I just not I'm not there uh, per- personally with uh, what you're w- what you're going to get. They're, they're playing complete ball right now, and you're seeing guys like Draymond Green. And Steph Curry step up and 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 return like good value on that price tag, so um, that's the concern that I have uh, overall with you know using Steph Curry at that elevated price tag. You're, you you need all world performances in a great matchup. I don't feel like you're necessarily really getting that um, out of that spot. So let's go ahead and move forward to the shooting guard position for the Saturday slate. Benny, top cash and GPPI options. Yeah, I think the the top overall scorer on the day is easily going to be James Harden. Uh, again, we like to target everybody going up against the L.A. Lakers, so Harden in this spot is a great play. The question you have to wind up asking yourself is, do you think this game gets incredibly out of hand? And even if it does get out of hand, do you think it gets out of hand and Harden is not the reason why it got out of hand? So I tend to think that, even if it gets out of hand, it could get out of hand because Harden winds up going for like 40 real life points mm-hmm. and still pays off his price tag. So to me, he's the top option on the day. I'm definitely going to have him in GPP rosters. I don't know how much I'm going to try to fit him in cash game rosters though, just because the price is so cost prohibitive restricted. Yeah. It's so, yeah, there, it just doesn't allow you to do a lot with the rest of your roster. So unless a whole bunch of really good value options open up where it would be easy for me to fit them in and not feel like I'm, I'm, you know, taking, taking too much of a chance at other positions, I probably won't use them in cash, but GPP wise, if you don't have any hard and exposure, you, you know, there's a good chance you may not get to the top. <coughs> Excuse me. A couple other guys, 
couple other guys I'm looking at. <clears throat> losing my voice today. Uh, a couple other guys I'm looking at. Wes Matthews. Yes. Wes Matthews, still, still pretty cheap. Been putting up some pretty good numbers for that Dallas team. <clears throat> Excuse me. OJ Mayo, again, is another guy I'm going to mention. Mm-hmm. And then the last guy is uh, Rodney Stuckey, who did not play well against Golden State. But in the three games before that, he was giving you six or seven X. So those are the three cheaper options that I'd be looking at at shooting guard if I'm not going with Harden. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 110% on West Matthews. That's my single favorite play overall. And with OJ Mayo, um, I think that he's going to be getting to a paced up performance there, and they need him to bomb away. And you take a look at the price tag path on Fanduel, as good as a value as that you're going to get at under 5K uh, on this tag. There, 6.9, 5.9, 7.8, and 6.7 is the price tag payoff that he hit in the last four contents with double digit scoring in every one of those matchups. And he hasn't exactly gone bonkers from three like we sort of um, expect him to, to in order to get to that price tag or to derive his value because, you know, sometimes he's just an all-or-nothing bomber. But he actually came up with eight assists, good for 31 fantasy points, and I believe that's his high watermark of the season against the L.A. Clippers. So uh, O.J. Mayo, definitely a favorite uh, play of mine and safe enough given that you're going to get a ridiculous total in this game with the Golden State Warriors, for him to be even cash safe. And I'll use Wes Matthews up top. Jimmy Butler, by the way, not a bad um, play if you feel like you still want to go up, pay up top and you're not paying for Harden. I definitely, obviously, advocate paying up for Harden uh, because of the elite matchup against the LA Lakers. But Jimmy Butler is facing a um, bottom five shooting guard defensive team in New Orleans uh, Pelicans there um, as as well. I don't expect uh, Tyreek Evans to be guarding him. It's probably going to be... Um, who did we say? Was it uh, Dante Cunningham or Alonzo G or something like that? I'm, I'm actually going to check the depth chart now because I am I am curious. But regardless of the matchup, I, you know, I'm, um, it might actually be Tyreek Evans, by the way. So maybe less attractive than than um, the numbers actually indicate, since that's a season long number. But re- regardless of that, he I, he's still a top three projected um, value, and he doesn't have to score or you know like you know 25 fantasy points for him to. It's not like Carmelo Anthony. He's all or nothing if he doesn't get his scoring. You know, he does a lot of rebounding, mm. a lot of assists, great defender, good all-around player. It, it It is Tyreek Evans currently listed as a two. If he gets matched up against anybody on the three, it's most likely Alonjo G first, then Dante Cunningham second. So uh, there you have that. All right, before we move on to the small forward position, want to let all you pod listeners know that uh, if you haven't checked out rotowire.com for all your DFS needs, for your projections, for your lineup optimizers, for the top plays, rankings per position, uh, up to the mid depth charts. Still have the free 10 day trial going on here. Rotowire.com slash pod. Get signed up. Take advantage of the free trial. Um, all the DFS information that we are using, the rankings, the, uh, the lineup builders, the projections that we are setting in our lamps are available here on rotowire.com and you can use the same information that we use on this very show so make sure you take advantage you have every sport covered there mlb nfl nhl college football hockey baseball soccer even in eight different sites that they cover in their lineup optimizers uh there as well for dfs so a lot of fancy goodness for you to uh sort of enjoy and uh help Get the information that'll give you that edge, that winning edge in your DFS lineups. Rotowire.com slash pod for a 10 day free trial. All right. Small four position on tap. Give me what you got. Okay. I actually have a play at every price point along the way. So there's four guys I'm looking at. And depending on how much money you have to spend, these are the four guys that I would put in your roster. If you got the 10K to spend, Paul George, even at 10K, has been giving you 50, 60 fantasy points. Paying off five or six X, so 
he's the one guy that I think I'd pay up for. I really like him in this matchup against Detroit. Probably going to see a little uh, Morris defense, maybe a little Stanley Johnson defense, but it really doesn't matter who's defending this guy lately. He's he's just really burst back onto the scene and reminded everybody how great a player that he is, um, you know, after missing all last season. Coming down a little bit from there, Nicholas Batum has been awesome lately and gets a really good matchup against Boston, which is a paced-up game. Now, the reason I like Batum so much is without Jefferson out, he's picked up his rebounding numbers. With Kemba Walker banged up, he's picked up his assist numbers. His points have have kind of taken a little bit of a backseat because of all the other stuff he's doing. But, I mean, he's still giving you 10 or 11 points a game. And if you look at his game log, you know, he's basically a guy who's been giving you a double-double, you know, often in the past couple games. And he's been flirting with triple-doubles because sometimes his double-double is points and rebounds. Sometimes it's points and assists. So you're getting a guy who contributes across the board. His price is a little bit up. He's up to, I think he's up to about like 7,500 on, uh, on, on DraftKings right now. I'd have to double check on that. But even at that price, I mean, he's given you 5X, 6X, 5X, 6X, 6X. You know, he had a bad game against Milwaukee where he only went like three times value. So I think that he's another guy that I wouldn't mind paying up for in this spot, especially in a pace up game. Now, if you want to go down a little bit further from there, you got a guy like Otto Porter Jr., who's about 5000 so about a $2,000 discount again. And Porter's been putting up like, you know, 25, 35, 40 fantasy points in his past couple games. People are going to look at the game log and see that he didn't have a very good game last time out against Houston. But remember, he had 5000 that game, sat on the bench for, you know, longer portions of it than he usually does. They had him guarding Harden a little bit out there. He picked up a couple fouls that way, so... I don't think he's going to wind up doing the same thing again. So I expect him to get around 30 fantasy points, which at a price of, you know, 5,000, 5,500 is going to give you like five to six X there. So he's a solid option. Now the guy with the most upside, a little bit of a kind of like a punt play, but it's somebody who has been paying off lately is uh Bojan Bogdanovich. And he's up down to about $4,000 is his price. With Rondé Hollis-Jefferson out, he's been starting. He's been seeing closer to 30 minutes the last couple games. And he's been giving you like 4, 5, 6x. He had 8x in the one game there. So he's got some upside. Probably more of a tournament punt option I would like to use. Um, but I definitely think that I, I'm going to roll at least a little bit of Bogdanovich out in some of my lineups on Saturday. Yeah, um, I agree with you there as well. Now, taking a look at um, how um, like adjustments for Fandle pricing, I'm still on Paul George uh, for, uh, for the most part, and I'm still on Nicholas Batum. Those are um, top projected plays uh, for for me personally as well. Uh, Bogdanovich is still super cheap, and like you said, the LA Clippers, they're an absolute mess at the small four position, so that makes uh, a lot of sense overall for me there as well. I think we sort of haven't talked enough about uh, – Kawhi Leonard, um, because he's been uh, battling that gastro and um, gastro intestinitis there as well. But the matchup is pretty good uh, overall um, with Cephalosha, who's supposed to be a good defender, but like matched up against Kawhi Leonard, that's it. Really, is going to be like a man against children. So I think you, to me, he's got a top three projected um, point total. Uh, for this game and I think for good reason and what you're going to see here is not a lot of people really want to own Kawhi Leonard right now because he's coming off the injury because the first game back he didn't look too great overall and it is a road matchup in a in a pace down game so like there's a lot of contrarian 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 ishness 
if that's even a word, which is probably not, uh, for you to <laughs> sort of like get in on Kawhi Leonard as like as a no, as a guy that nobody wants to pay up for, but for me still has a top two, top three projection on all the sites that we sort of take a look at, and you can make some sense there. It sounds crazy for me because a lot of the things should should pull you off of Kawhi Leonard, but to me uh, he's a little bit matchup proof, and he's already had his first game back to get his legs under himself. So uh, um, take that as your GPP you know special if you if you're looking for somebody to pay up. Now as far as cheap um, uh, position guys go here, small four position. If we want to talk about you know um, deep deep league bombers here, CJ Miles uh, for fifty two hundred uh, in terms of Fanduel pricing as of the Golden State game on the twenty eighth has been bombing away twenty plus twenty four or more fancy points into the last three games has fourteen threes made uh, there as well and has been doing a little bit of chipping in here and there so he really does need the scoring overall to pay off in order for him to hit value in that in that price tag but he's going to get some a solid defensive matchup for him to score against in uh, the Detroit Pistons who um, have Marcus Morris who's supposed to be uh, fairly solid but when you're talking about defending uh, small forwards or usually you're talking about you know drive scores all those things like that all CJ Miles wants to do is hit a three in somebody's face he's just going to pull up and hit trays so and and that's why he's the perfect GPP play for me overall is because He's been fairly hot in two of the past three games. Like we said, has hit, hit a ton of threes. They need him to score overall because really it's just him and and CJ Miles that are like dependable scorers and to a lesser extent Monte Ellis. So it sounds like I'm sort of like spitting the crazy talk out here with the guys that you know you're not supposed to love on the defensive end in terms of their matchups there. But there's going to be some serious under ownership contrarianishness with Kawhi Leonard and CJ Miles, which is why I like them as GPP only plays for Saturday. All right power forward position here benny let's go ahead and talk about what you got uh <laughs> is your computer okay is that me or you what, what, what are you hearing i'm good i'm good to go oh, okay there was like some cold and relief Anything. Anyway, I'm sorry. You got it. You got it. Like that. There was like a. There was uh, a. There. You know what it was. I'll tell you what happened to you. You read just now. You some ad just popped up on a, on a tab that you had open, and you're like, "What's happening to this podcast?" And little do you know, it's only an ad running in your own headphones. So we're we're good. Okay. Okay. Um, we. I was gonna say because that that complete. I didn't even hear what you said to me, and then all I all I heard was like cold and sinus Advil. I'm like, what the. F- Right. Sometimes, um, um, it's by the way, it's Fantasy Draft that is sponsoring this podcast, not Advil Cold and Sinus. So, um, just just to, just to keep you updated with what we got going on here. Yeah, I have no. And the funny thing is, I don't even think I have any tabs open. Like, I have no idea where that came from. It was not me. But you know what, though, it's it'll be hidden because it won't be like you, all you have to do is you know how you can look at your tabs and see like a little speaker playing on one of the tabs. That uh, that's noise is coming from, so you just have to look look out for that normally. But that, but literally, the I don't have like I literally have no tabs open right now. All right, well then, Advil just infiltrated your computer and hacked you. Is basically pretty much what those what bastards. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and try to wrap this up here with the power forward position. Yeah. What, what are we doing? 
Okay, um, power forward position, there's a couple guys I'm looking at. Anthony Davis is obviously a great play. I don't really love him for tournaments because he hasn't been giving you that huge upside, but he's still been getting you the 50, 60 points you need to make him a solid cash game play. So if you could fit Anthony Davis in your lineup, I think that that's a really solid, you know, way to go about it because he's safe for, you know, basically 50 plus points if you look at his game log in the last couple games. I think there's a couple cheaper options you could look at. Uh, really like a guy like Dirk Nowitzki. He's been playing a couple extra minutes. He's been putting up 35 to 45 fantasy points, doing so at a pretty solid price. His price is actually coming up everywhere in the industry. So just take a look at the price that he's at now. If 35 to 45 fantasy points would be something that that price would make sense to use him at, you know, he's another guy you can roll out there. Uh, Julius Randle, despite the fact that, you know, he's getting a few less minutes by the LA Lakers, he's in a really good spot as well. He's been giving you, you know, four, five, six, seven X, um, putting up between like 28 and 40 fantasy points lately. So he's doing it at an even cheaper price than Dirk. So he's another guy I think you can look at. And then I'm looking at, um, a couple other guys that are a little bit cheaper there. You got guys like Marvin Williams and Jabari Parker who, you know, are right around the $5,000 mark. Uh, Parker is a little bit riskier because you got to worry about what Jason Kidd's going to do, but he's played 30 minutes in the last three games, so it seems like his minutes are starting to tick up a little more. So he's somebody that I think I want to hop on the train before it gets to, you know, the point where his price starts flying up there. Uh, Marvin Williams and Cody Zeller have both been seeing a few more minutes. Uh, Zeller is seeing more minutes because Big Al is out. Williams is seeing more minutes because he's not losing minutes at the power forward to Zeller, who has basically been playing the five. So the two of them have been on the floor together a lot more. And guy like Zeller, who has been dirt cheap, you know, you've been getting like seven, eight times value out of him. So check on his price. He's given you like 25 to 30 fantasy points a game. If his price is still down in like that $4,000 range, that's six or seven X right there. So you got to keep an eye on him. Williams has been going, you know, the same 25 to 30 range, but he's been costing you 5K. So, you know, you're getting a little bit, probably a safer floor with a guy like Williams, but I think you get higher upside based on price with a guy like Zeller. They're both likely to give you the same 25 to 30 fantasy points, but if you're getting one at $1,000 cheaper, you know, that would be the way I'd go, you know, leaning a little bit more towards Zeller, uh, probably a little more towards Williams and Cash because it's his 25 to 30 is a lot safer than Zeller's is. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'm with you for, for the most part um, in terms of these plays. Sullinger, for me, is going to be my top option. Uh, matched up against Charlotte, you mentioned the uh, the uh, defensive matchups that he's going to have. He's actually on FanDuel, power forward eligible, but going to be manning the center position, so he should get more Cody Zeller than um, any like Marvin Williams um, in terms of defensive uh, matchups there. 16 rebounds against Chicago, who is a very good rebounding team in 37 minutes, and then plays 36 minutes, so back-to-back back to big minutes, 20 rebounds against New Orleans Pelicans there as well. And we talked about how they have uh, big-time center issues, so that's no surprise that he succeeded, but at, for, at a 20-rebound level with a double-double and three assists is a monster game overall, which is how he hit 6.2x on his price tag on FanDuel um, in back-to-back games. And by the way, it's harder with the elevated prices to get to 5 and 6x on FanDuel than it is on DraftKings, just for reference, uh, which is why you see on DraftKings people, you know, more often will hit 6, 7x, um, you know, in the lower pricing tiers because uh, of the, you know, the salary cap structure and the value versus um, the um, overall dollars being used on FanDuel and the higher prices. So just something to 
keep a note in your back pocket. Also, do like Julius Randle as well. Uh, you take a look at what's happening in terms of uh, fancy points allowed to the power four position. Nobody is coughing it up more than the Houston Rockets at 50.87. So it hasn't mattered that they've you know, thrown Clint Capella in the lineup, Terrence Jones, uh, Mona Junis, whatever they've tried, it has not worked. And, I, I, and I, I'm not actually concerned uh, about Julius Randle and the minutes. I know some people are, are a little bit worried about him coming off the bench, but he's done just as much damage, if not more, with a, a significant amount of minutes um, in the uh, last couple games, even though they started Larry Nance Jr. Larry Nance Jr. is in the starting lineup. He's still only playing about 18 minutes per game. It really hasn't mattered. So they sort of actually put him, Julius Randle, in a maybe even a better spot uh, overall coming off the bench and playing against lesser competition there. So double-doubles in three straight games. Uh, overall, the only blip on the radar uh, that broke up the, uh, him from being having seven straight double-doubles was a you know 27-minute performance when he only had eight points and five rebounds against a tough Atlanta Hawks team on the road. So very cash, very um, much cash safe. Not a ton of GPP overall upside because you really aren't going to get. I mean, his high watermark for the season is just 22 points scored, and he's not a big-time shot blocker because he's like a six-eight power forward or a six-nine, and um, not a not a uh, like a big-time defender. Um, but very consistent production. I love him for, for, for cash games, and the price is super reasonable right here at 6200 Fandle has done a very good job about um, not crushing you in terms of the, uh, of the price, despite the fact that he's been crushing everybody with double-doubles. So uh, that's how I have that shaking out there. Before we move on to the center position, I want to let you know that uh, if you haven't checked out FantasyDraft.com, now is the time to do so with the most flexible lineup format that it gives everybody the freedom to choose the players that you love to watch. Pick any three guards you want, any three forwards. Two utility players, you've got your eight-man lineup, and you have the flexibility to put everybody that you want uh, into your cash and GPP lineups. Their larger payout zone means you have more chances to win. They're paying out at least 25% of the of the uh, prize pool, which uh, is even in their largest guarantee contest there as well. So if they create a uh, level playing field. You never have to worry about competing against Benny in 174 lineups because they only let him put in 20. So that's very good. And Benny is pretty active on Fantasy Draft, by the way. So uh, he's a he's a great person to sort of contact uh, anytime on Twitter if you have uh, you know some some feedback you want to go back and forth with a with a player two on your lineup. So um, make sure you check out Fantasy Draft, providing great value in their lineups. Uh, more of your entry fees go directly to the payout zone. They're actually doing another rake free contest for NFL in one of their uh, bigger GPPs this weekend as well. So go to FantasyDraft.com, use the promo code ROTOWIN for a 100% deposit bonus and a uh, awesome experience for DFS over at FantasyDraft.com. All right, center position. Let's wrap up, put a bow on the show and give me what you got. Okay, um, I've been targeting centers against Indiana all year long. So when you get Andre Drummond, who's arguably been the best center so far this year, going up against Indiana, to me, that's a guy who's going to be worth paying up for. Uh, so he's actually my top option at the position and somebody who I'm actually going to be trying to fit into a lot of rosters. I have been a big fan of Pau Gasol, and I do think he's in a pretty good matchup here against New Orleans, which is another team that we've been targeting. My only problem with Pau is that his price has now gotten to the point because his price has risen all over the industry. I mean, he's up over $1,000 in some spots in the last two weeks. His price has gotten to the point now where I don't think the value is there anymore. Mm-hmm. Even though I do like the matchup for him and I, and I think that he could have a big game, um, if I'm going to be paying up as high as he is now, I'd rather just find the extra couple hundred bucks I need to get up to Drummond. But if I can't do that for some reason, I'm not going to be too upset if I have to go with Powell. 
Now, on DraftKings, you know, I 100% agree with your Selinger call. On DraftKings, he's still listed as a center, so he's one of the guys that I have on my list as center. Probably my top option. He's been giving you, you know, 6X or above in the last couple games, so you got to like that. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy that I'm looking at is uh, Marcin Gortat going up against Dallas. And it's mostly because of his price, because he's cheap and he sees a lot of minutes. Because Zaza Pachulia is actually a pretty good defensive player. Um, He is somebody that, you know, Milwaukee had a good defense last year, and then he left and went to Dallas. Dallas's defense improved. Milwaukee's defense got worse. I'm not saying it's all because of Zaza, but I do think he has something to do with it. And I even actually like him a little bit in this game as well, because if you can find him cheap in spots, Washington is a very paced-up team. And I think this is a pretty decent matchup for him. So I don't hate Zaza if that's the way you got to go with it. Yeah, I totally agree with you there uh, as well. Now, the only thing I'm going to sort of do differently with um, my listings in terms of Fandle, because I, I love I love Gortat. Um, Drummond is in a good spot. I actually do like DeAndre Jordan as well as a, for a little bit cheaper price. Um, if you want to um, sort of mix up your line, it's 7,500 on Fanduel, and uh, I believe the Brooklyn Nets are, have given up the eighth most fantasy points to opposing centers this season. So he's in a pretty he's in a plus matchup spot. Joakim Noah to me is going to be my super sleeper play of the day. Uh, 4,600 um, as of yesterday's game on Fanduel. Still just playing about 20 minutes, but it really hasn't mattered. All you need him to get is to hit the uh, the basically the 20 fantasy point mark on Fanduel, and you got 5x. And he's been doing it um, in the rebounding department and the in the assisting uh, game in a really big way. Prior to the LA Clipper game, where he only came up with two assists, he had six assists in three straight games against Charlotte, Phoenix, and Boston. So he's very underrated to me. He's probably the best passing center in all of basketball. Um, and Demarcus Cousins is up there too, but really he doesn't really want to pass enough for him to actually be considered uh, there as well. Not scoring it much, but you don't care. He's been getting a ton of rebounds, blocking shots, steals. And uh, being super effective assists, just two points scored against the LA Clippers in this in that uh, 83 to 80 win, um, but put up 13 rebounds, two assists, a steal, and two blocks, good for 23.6 fa- uh, fantasy points on Fanduel and 5.1x. So very nice, uh, cheap cash game option, even a utility option if you if you really need to save some money there on Fanduel. And somebody has who in limited action has a very good shot to get to get you the. Uh, the 5k a 5x price tag that you want to pay off so keep that in mind keep that in your little back pocket you can thank me later um, and uh, before we go let's go ahead and, and i think we were we promised that we would get back to uh the uh the gpp ownership percentage uh guy that uh question do you remember us talking about that earlier on in the week um with somebody who said we would re- uh, we uh review their lineup do you remember that by chance benny Oh, yes, I do. Um, I don't remember the lineup, though. Do you happen to have it? I'm trying to dig it up here. Let's see. Boom, ba, 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 ba. <laughs> okay, you know what? Um, I'm looking through this lineup, and I don't have it anymore. So what we'll do is we'll say um, – do us a favor and send us a message if you're listening to the show uh, uh, on Twitter, um, and we will get back to you. Benny and I personally will um, 
like uh, tweet you on Twitter and co- sort of collaborate on our thoughts on your uh, on our lineup for, for Twitter to help you out for week 14. And uh, if you want to actually have your show, uh, your question read on air, uh, you can send send us an email or or send us a uh, direct message on Twitter. Again, I'll I'll make sure I'll save that one and then we'll make sure we we work you into the the next show. Apologize. We just can I I don't know if, about Benny, but I get flooded with like DMs and tweets. Um, for you know different sports because we're covering football season long basketball DFS all season long so it sort of gets lost in the shuffle there and it's I didn't have it saved but um, send us a message let us know if you want you need help throughout the weekend we'll definitely help you collaborate on that lineup and then we can get back to you uh, for week 15 if you want us to review a lineup on air and that is going to wrap it up for the DF Rotowire DFS podcast for NFL uh, Week 14 GPP ownership percentage plays and Saturday NBA DFS. Don't forget, you can always check out uh, the, the Rotowire DFS podcast on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience. You can follow Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and me on Twitter at JoshHatesFS. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Good luck in your contest. We'll see you next time. Quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.